we'd love to see uh, people, you know, certain ones, we won't say everybody saved, but people that are on our heart, that we just wish God would change their heart. We wish that they would, you know, they'd be saved. And so that's what I want to share with you tonight. I want you to think about someone or more than one, somebody that, that you're really concerned about, about being saved or having a major problem, but God is, God's going to have to change their heart. Hudson Taylor said this. He said, it's possible to move men through God by prayer alone. It's possible, and he's great missionaries, it's possible to move men through God by prayer alone. And my question is, have you ever, need, have you ever wanted to see a change in a person's heart? And I have. Right now, I, I can think of some that I'd like to see their heart change toward the Lord. And... Um, and if you've not done so already, well, you're going to come to a place where you're going to realize that we can't change that person's heart. Um, it may be our boss, it may be a supervisor, it may be a parent, it may be a spouse, it may be a child. I know I have a nephew that I, I'd love to see his heart change toward God. Uh, it may be um, a neighbor, teacher. But according to Hudson Taylor, the only way that you can move the heart of a person is through prayer. And so we need to understand that. If we want to see that person's heart changed, heart moved toward God, what do we got to do? We got to pray. We got to have others pray. And so Proverbs, um, Proverbs, Cal, I didn't mention, I don't think I may have, Proverbs uh, 21. I might have shared this, I uh, have it underlined. Proverbs 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart, and we're talking about changing a heart. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Uh, that's a comparative proverb. It's known as a comparative proverb, meaning something is likened to something else. Uh, the most comparable proverbs end with a comparison and, it, and, and leave it as uh, that, uh, just as it will come to a, a conclusion that's going to be left up to God for that person's heart to be changed. And so the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like a river of water, he turns it, means he parts it, he, he changes the thinking of it wherever he wishes. God just moves that heart, the thoughts of that person, the thinking of that person. So point being, God's in control of the person. He's in control. A man may be the king of Babylon, I may be the Pharaoh of Egypt, may be Maybe Alexander the Great, maybe Napoleon or Stalin or Adolf Hitler, or the President of the United States, Joe Biden. It could be the President of Russia, uh, Vladimir Putin. It could be the Secretary of the Communist Party, China, Jinping. Could be him, regardless who it is, how powerful a man can be. 
may be a political person, but no man can act independent of God. That's what the Bible says. God's in charge of the king's heart. He can change the king's heart. So the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he's going to turn it just as he turns the direction of a little babbling brook, you know, running down the side of a hill. If, you, uh, if you're ever out hiking or something, all of a sudden you see a, a natural spring and that, little, and that water comes up and it just it goes down through the leaves every which way. And that's the way God can move a person's heart, even a king's heart. And so, so what does it mean? It means the source of all decisions of any superior person is in, the, is, is in his or her heart. God's in control of their heart. So the writer says that the heart that breathes out decisions and attitudes is in the Lord's hands. Ultimately, it's in the Lord's hands. And we're going to see that in the book of Nehemiah. So if you would, turn to Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah worked under a man who was the king of Persia. And uh, there's an old saying that you probably have heard. It goes like this. It says, um, well, it's like the law of the Medes and Persians. In other words, it, uh, it can't be changed. Uh, some people say, well, it's set in stone. Years ago, I, I've heard this say it's like the law of the Medes and Persians. That just means that it's not going to be changed. So Xerxes uh, was the king of Persia, and he was... He was a man that was just kind of impossible to deal with, and he really wouldn't change his mind for anything. So Nehemiah worked for him as a cup barrier. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, says, O Lord, well, he, before I read that, he was the cup barrier for the king, and he served the king, served him meals, and he tasted the meals to make sure there wasn't any poison in the meals. And then he was able, he got real close to the king, and he's able to go into his private chamber and visit the king. But uh, Nehemiah's heart really wasn't in Persia. His heart was really in Jerusalem because he had heard the walls of Jerusalem or the gates of Jerusalem had been torn down, had been burned, and, and the walls had been torn down. So God had to work through the heart of this king in order to permit Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem. And he's working with a king who very seldom would change his mind, change his heart. And so Nehemiah knew the only thing that he could do uh, to move Artaxerxes was to pray for him. And so most of chapter 1 of Nehemiah is a prayer. Chapter 1, verse 11, here's his prayer. Notice that, O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name, and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, that's the king, for I was, a, for I was the king's cup barrier. So notice the request there. First of all, Lord, I, I ask you to change the heart of the king, and then, Lord, change the situation so I might be able to, to do your will with the king's pleasure. And so in chapter 1, verse 11, um, in chapter 1 primarily down to chapter 2, verse 1, uh, there's, there's a blank space there. You don't hear anything 
and how God changed his heart. Um, that happened when Nehemiah prayed. What happened when he prayed? Nothing happened when he prayed. You ever felt that way? I'm praying, nothing seems to happen. I'm praying for a person's heart to be changed, nothing's happening. I mean, we are talking about Billy a few minutes ago. I know Brenda's prayed for him, and Adam's prayed for him, and I've prayed for him, but nothing's happened. The same way it was with Nehemiah. He prayed that God would work in the heart of Xerxes, and nothing happened. He was serious about his praying. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Xerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and I gave it to the king, and I, I had never been sad in his presence before. Now, if you'll look in verse 1, it was in the month of Nisan. That's the month of April. And if you'll look at uh, chapter 1, verse um, 2, uh, verse 1, it says, It came to pass in the month of Cheslev, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel. So when God laid this prayer upon his mind, it was in December. Cheslev is December. And then we find in chapter 2, it was... Uh, already April, nothing had happened. Nothing had happened. I mean, uh, you know, here's, Lord, here's the situation. I want you to take care of it. And so he prayed one month and nothing happened. And he prayed another month, nothing happened. Another month, nothing happened. Another month, four months went by and nothing happened. Charles Wendell said this, he says, Hand in hand with the prayer warrior is the patience of waiting. Hand in hand with the prayer warrior is the patience of waiting. What goes, in hand, what goes hand in hand with the prayer warrior? Patience. Waiting. Doesn't mean we give up, it just means that we wait. And so nothing was, nothing was entered into Nehemiah's diary from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 2, verse 11, uh, verse 1, four months went by, and, and Nehemiah never wrote a thing about his prayer being answered. So nothing was entered into his diary simply because nothing happened. Now, look, if you will, uh, verse 2, chapter 2. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, uh, since you're not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of the heart. And, and he said, previously, I've never been sad in his presence. Do you, do you want to know how you can tell people, uh, tell people who have been praying a long time and they want you to know they've been praying a long time? They have a long face about them. And Nehemiah says, hey, I've never been sad in his presence. He, he didn't let the king know he was praying. He didn't look like he'd been praying and fasting. But he'd been praying. And so a person that wants someone to know they have this long face about them, they look sad, they have this spiritual look about them. But Nehemiah, he didn't have that appearance. He just left all that with the Lord. And so he seems to appear sad to the king. And the question was, Nehemiah chapter uh, 
2, verse 2, Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you're not sick? There's nothing but sorrow of the heart. And so he, he just uh, seems to appear sad. And the Bible says that, uh, verse uh, 2, he says, So I became dread, dreadfully afraid. So the king says, Hey, you look sad. And he said, Well, I've never looked sad before. And so all of a sudden, knowing the king, knowing that he was afraid, uh, he was sad, he became, he became afraid. So why was he afraid? Well, when you're afraid in front of the king and you're his cup barrier and you taste his food or taste his drink and you're not feeling well and he may think, well, there's something wrong. You know, I, I don't, he became suspicious. There's a chance of him becoming suspicious of Nehemiah, but instead of becoming suspicious, he became sympathetic with Nehemiah. He said, you look, uh, you look sad. And it upset Nehemiah. He, was, he became afraid. But instead of being harsh to Nehemiah, he uh, became sympathetic. Look at verse 3. And he said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? And then the king said to me, What do you request? And so, I mean, the king said, What do you need? What do you request? So, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king and your servants, and your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the, the city of my father's, father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, The queen also said beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? And so it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. And furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And so here, here's Nehemiah. He's, he's afraid of the king, and all of a sudden the king's sympathetic to him. And Nehemiah had prayed, four months for him to change the heart of the king, for God to change the heart of the king. And so he's changed the heart of the king. Verse 6 says, I gave him a definite time. Um, they didn't want him to go, but he, he, was, he was doing a good job. But um, Nehemiah had a plan. He had a plan. He said, O king, it'll take me this long. He, he had a plan. So going out by faith... Doesn't mean you just go out in a haphazard manner, but you, but you have a plan when you go out. You know what God wants you to do, and you begin to see that fulfilled in your life, take measures to fulfill that in your life. Jesus said, uh, don't build a building, a tower, until you count the cost, Luke 14, 28 through 30. So you need to check out your plan. If you're asking God to do something, if I'm asking God to change a person's heart, then I know you'd be willing to be at that, be close to that person, close enough to that person that I can share the gospel with that person at an appropriate time. I need to be reading and what God, I need to have a plan if I'm wanting God to change a person's heart. So we have to be willing to think through the plan. And he said, okay, Nehemiah, you can go. And, and then he says, in essence, he said, I, I need to talk to you about some other things. In verse 7, he said these, these people who were going to be, who were trying to stop him in his plan, 
he needed a letter from the king to let them know that it was all right for him to do what he was doing. And he said, verse 8, he said, I need a letter to Asaph. I need timbers for the beams and walls for the city, walls for the house. Look at verse 8. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must uh, give me timber to make beams for the gates of the city of death, which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the houses that I'll occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of God that was on me. You're talking about changing the king's heart. He was afraid to go to the king, pray that God would change his heart. And now the king said, okay, you can go what time you plan to go. I'm really going to miss you, but go ahead and go. And I'm going to sign some papers that will get you all the way through to Jerusalem. And he says, by the way, while you're doing that, I'm going to need some timber. I'm going to need some lumber. And I need you to write a letter to Asaph. To, he's the keeper of all the timber for me to have the timber to build the t- the, the, the walls, the gates, whatever, in the house that I'm going to live in. And so the king took care of that. You're talking about a heart change. said in verse 8, uh, he's, he talks about the letter. And um, so during the month of planning, he was uh, praying, he was also planning. So we, we need to pray for people's heart to be changed, but at the same time we need to pray and we need to plan what I'm going to do when God changes their heart. Okay? So the point is pray to God, but, but make your plans. Pray to God, but, but, but uh, make the plans. Okay? Um, can you imagine what it had been like if uh, Nehemiah had not planned um, to ask the king for the letter? For the timber uh, he had all of that in his thought he had all that in his plans and uh, Artaxerxes um, I mean he was he was behind Nehemiah he was kind of like a silent hero I mean he stands behind God's man he's he's wanting him to go he wants to see the walls uh, the gates repaired and the walls rebuilt and so uh, he was uh uh, a supporter of ministry, and you have those from time to time. Uh, you're blessed over the years to have people that support you in ministry, and I've been blessed over the years here to have people to to support our ministry. You're you're very supportive of ministry here at Mountain View, and a lot of our people are. I mean, uh, uh, just think, Artaxerxes was the king, and and he's. Uh, He's supporting the ministry, God's work, and supporting his minister, Nehemiah. Um, so it's, it's good. To, you know, I've, I've shared at funerals before where certain people have been very supportive of our ministry here at Mountain View. And so that's, uh, and you have people, and I thank God for people that are supportive those who are willing to hold the ropes while things are being done. So um, uh, God's hand, look at verse 8, he says something interesting. Uh, verse chapter 2, he says, uh, And a letter to Asaph the king, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, uh, which pertains to the temple for the city wall, for the house that I build. And king granted to me, notice this, according to the good hand of my God upon me. 
my goodness. The good hand of my God was on me. So four months, nothing but silence, praying, praying. God changed his heart, changed his heart, changed his heart. And he was praying, 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 but he was also, he was planning on what he was going to do when, he, when God changed his heart. You're talking about being optimistic. He, was, he, he knew God was going to work. So when God has his hand upon you, it's, it's like, kind of like a, a sweeping wind, one writer said, because people are moved to respond. And I saw that in the rebuild here. When God has his hand upon our church, people just naturally respond and want to help and want to give because God's hand uh, is, uh, is on uh, the church. Look at verse 9. And he, he said, I went to the governors in the region beyond the river, and they gave and gave them the king's letters. And now the king had sent captains of the army and the horsemen. He sent a whole group with him to protect him along the way. And when Simbalat, here's someone that opposed him, when Simbalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite officials, official heard of it they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel so he had some opposition you're always going to have some opposition when you walk by faith you're going to encounter opposition always remember that Murphy's law you know yeah it won't work so there are those who have a, a critical spirit and these were two that had that critical spirit so you always have your sin balance and your toe balance. Whatever you do, you're always going to have that. So wherever you're, wherever you're serving, whatever you're doing, wherever you're working, you're always going to have that critical spirit. But when you walk by faith, you're going to encounter the hostility of people who walk by sight. That always happens. And so, so all of a sudden, uh, verse 11, he says, so he kind of changed his hats. He said, I came to Jerusalem, and I was there three days. No longer the cupbearer, um, not, the, not the caretaker for the king, but he made it to Jerusalem, and that was his intent. I'm going to give you real quick before we close. I'm going to give you four principles about changing a heart. Changing a heart is God's specialty no matter how important the person may be. Changing a heart is God's specialty regardless how stubborn a person may be. God has the ability to change the heart. You, you don't try to do it. I'm not to try to do it. We just need to tell God on them, <laughs> uh, whoever it is, neighbor, wife, spouse, husband. We just need to tell God, change your heart. And um, so principle number one, it's God's specialty and it's not up to us. And uh, God can change that heart regardless how stubborn the person might be. Number two, praying and waiting go hand in hand. Someone said this, it's not, it's not original with me. It says, you haven't learned to pray until you've learned to wait. My goodness, I wish I'd read that a long time ago. I get impatient at times. Number three, faith is not a substitute for careful planning. You got a plan. Uh, a leader prays and a leader plans. A leader prays and thinks through uh, the situation. 
it's nothing wrong being organized. It's nothing wrong with uh, faith kind of breeds organization. If you're asking God for something, uh, you need to have plans on how you're going to go about doing what God wants you to do when he grants you your request. And then number four, opposition. Opposition often reinforces the will of God rather than hindering it. You're going to have opposition. Faith, it's opposite of faith. You're going to have opposition. So opposition often reinforces the will of God rather than hinders it. Um, You really can't be sure you're in the will of God unless someone opposes it. And uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to, uh, to pause and pray and, and see if, if things are lining up as you have prayed and as God has worked in your life. So Nehemiah is just like us, and I jotted this down. He was afraid. He said, Lord, give me the words to say. He had financial needs. He was a man of faith, and he was willing to think it through. He was a man of courage. He left Susa. He was going to Jerusalem. It's 800 miles from Susa to Jerusalem. And he went on his way. So some of you may be having trouble with uh, a person, a superior or relative or neighbor and uh, you want to see them come to Christ and you really have your work cut out for you but God's able to touch that person's heart and change their heart.